Welcome to the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast, your source for sport in the Ottawa Valley. My name's Noelle and I'm your host. Tune in on Tuesdays every other week as we interview local athletes, teams, coaches, sport organizations, and businesses who are continuing to empower and inspire the next generation of sport in our community. In today's episode, I'm thrilled to be interviewing Jonathan Westinda and Sophie Gillivan. Jonathan holds a significant role as the driving force behind the Canadian Canoe and Kayak Freestyle Committee, serving as its chair. Sophie proudly represents both the Canadian Slalom team as well as the Freestyle Kayaking team. She is a remarkable whitewater athlete, excelling across multiple disciplines and most recently securing a historic win for Canada. This past October, Sophie competed at the World Championships and secured a groundbreaking milestone by securing second place in this K1 women category, which marked the first ever junior medal for Canada. Congratulations, Sophie. Today, we're delving into the rich history of the Canadian Canoe and Kayak Committee while taking some time to highlight the remarkable achievements from the World Championships this past October. As numerous of our very own local athletes proudly represented Team Canada at the World Championships this past October, I'm thrilled to share these inspiring stories and amplify the awareness of these incredible athletes that are right here in our very own community. Thank you so much, Jonathan and Sophie, for coming on the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast today. I'm thrilled to have you both here to share all the fascinating history of the Canadian Canoe and Kayak Freestyle Committee, the exciting milestones over the years, as well as the incredible recent achievements at the World Championships in October. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, yes. So tell us a bit about about the Canadian Canoe and Kayak Freestyle Committee. Yeah, well, just just as a starting point, because I'm actually relatively new in uh, the position of chair, and uh, I, I'd say a lot of credit is actually due to Sophie's uh, mom, particularly who had been a who has been and continues to be a driving force, and who's actually provided a fair amount of content, and her her dad, who uh, has been sort of the team photographer. Uh, you know, a lot of us are involved because our kids are involved. So my daughter's also on the on the national team, and uh, you know, so we have a real. Uh, interest and passion to sort of see the success of, of the program. But the Canoe Kayak Canada or CKC is, uh, it's, a, it's a national body for the uh, competitive paddling in Canada. And it works for the International Canoe Federation or the ICF. And that's the umbrella organization of all national canoe organizations uh, worldwide. Freestyle paddling, you know, it started in the 80s as a bit of a just a fun and, and wild thing to do. And there were some international competitions. It didn't come under the International Canoe Federation until about 2006. And then the Freestyle Committee here in Canada, it's a technical committee of the CKC and it represents uh, it represents the CKC Paddling Association. Uh, members uh, active in the freestyle discipline and uh, freestyle itself most people you know when people talk about kayaking and canoeing you know there's there's so many different varieties usually people know the least about freestyle because unless you are in a you know able to be on the river or hike into some uh, hard to get to spots you never really are able to see it and that's part of the challenges in, in, in getting it to be popular because it's it's a it's a very, uh, you have to, it's, it's very athletic, uh, it's very challenging, uh, but it's also often very remote to, to achieve that. Um, and so the freestyle, freestyle kayaking itself is getting on big, massive whitewater waves, or sometimes in, in, in uh, what's called holes, which are, which are more depressions that create a uh, um, sort of a sticky feature. 
and the kayaker is doing tricks, often with similar names and similar nature to skateboarding, uh, and as I said, a big waiver in a hole. And really, the the discipline behind it is is uh, forty five in forty five seconds, the athletes have to do as many tricks as they can, as high high uh, a point scoring tricks as they can. And often, athletes like Sophie, for example, make it look so easy. If you're an observer, you sort of think, oh, that's pretty easy. Whereas if you watch someone like myself, for example, get on, you realize how hard it is just to even just surf on one of these things, let alone do all these tricks. So it's it's something that is quite deceiving and uh, you have to be very talented to to really do well and achieve at the sport. Wow. Wow. That's very interesting. And I didn't I didn't know that you you only have 45 seconds. Yeah. And well, sport. It's 45 seconds and you're you're not dealing with a, a static situation. So uh, you'll have a wave that's crashing and pulsing at different times. And so no ride will be the same. And oftentimes, you know, it's just even staying on the wave for 45 seconds would be difficult, let alone doing tricks. So usually it's the best of three rides uh, that that there were sometimes the best of five rides that athletes have with an understanding that there's a very strong likelihood and this happened at the world championships where some of our best paddlers and some of the best paddlers from around the world they didn't even they couldn't even stand the wave the first few times for five or ten seconds just because of how erratic and and how uh, how challenging it can be with the, with the changing uh, whitewater conditions wow wow and i guess that's that's what makes it so interesting is that it the waters are always different and where the competitions are you know I'm assuming they're always different waves and the different flow of the water yeah. and you've got to kind of adjust yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing, you know, it's like you take a skateboard park, you, you could go to a home skateboard park, train there all day long. When you compete, you know exactly what's going on. You could go train on your home wave. Let's say in Ottawa here would be the Garburator wave. That's, that's, you know, hosted the world championship several times. Uh, and, and you could train that all day long. But every time you go on it, it's still going to be different just because it's such an erratic changing water pattern. Wow, that's super interesting. I, I had I had no idea. So this is very, very interesting. And hats off to all your athletes. You know, that's like you said, you know, it, you maybe from standing back and watching, you're like, oh, but getting in there and doing that and being mm -hmm. able to kind of face the water, you know, so mm -hmm. it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now where are you guys located? So that's a, uh, you know, a, a challenge. I mean, it's a national uh, sport and there's different venues across the uh, the country. Uh, you know, I would say as it relates to this podcast being uh, um, Ottawa Valley centric, I don't think people realize uh, what a world class, uh, you know, facility or if you want to call it a natural setting there is in, in the Ottawa River uh, by, you know, b between Beechburg and, and, and down through the rapids. Uh, in in um, the best water features, some of the best water features in the world for for freestyle. You know, it's unfortunate that in one sense, uh, you know, freestyle kayaking has a bit of a high barrier to entry in the sense you have to be comfortable being underwater and rolling and doing all these other things. But for those that do get into the sport, you will see on any given summer uh, athletes from all over the world training on the Ottawa River here. And 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 I don't, you know, it's always amazing to to sort of see how little people appreciate that great asset that's there for for this sport and uh you know we've we've actually hosted the world championships for freestyle uh, three times on the Ottawa river in 1997 2007 and 2015 and hope to do so again uh in in the future and we have a long history of world champion and 
world medalists coming from the Ottawa Valley, you know, being Ken Whiting in 1997 and Nick Troutman, who just won a silver down in uh, um, uh, at, at the World Championships, uh, Andy Hills, Zach Zunberg, you know, these are all uh, Brendan Mark, Nicole Whitting, uh, uh, Mark Scriver, others. Like there's, there's a whole group that just comes from here. There is, uh, there's quite an active paddling community, both out west and in Quebec as well. Uh, a lot of those, um, uh, you know, because even within the whitewater paddling community, you have creek boating and you have freestyle. And so you have a lot more sort of creek boating features uh, and just by nature, the rivers in, in those areas. But this is really the freestyle capital of Canada. It's not, you know, arguably North America or, or broader. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's amazing. You know, it's right here in our community. Yeah. You know, and I, I love being able to, you know, share this with everybody for those that, you know, might not be in like the paddling scene yeah. to kind of, you know, um, recognize that, you know, just in that little Beachburg area, uh, going down the river into the rapids, you know, all these phenomenal athletes and organizations that are sitting right here. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it, it really is something special. And it, it really is like, especially, you know, say, for example, leading up to the World Championships uh, that, that were down uh, in uh, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia, just just in October. A lot of those athletes that were there were here in Ottawa in the summer training from all over the world. Wow. Wow. But it, like you said, the waters here are really good for it, right? It's, it's a really good spot for it. <laughs> Yeah, we, we have the benefit of both being, uh, you know, because when you get into whitewater kayaking, you often get a sense of, you know, hitting your head on rocks and cold water and all these sorts of things. And the Ottawa River is blessed with being deep, being very warm generally, uh, you know, it's it's, it's and, and just having magnificent features that no matter what level the river's at, it, it you know, dampens some features, turns on other features. So there's always something to, to go and, and really enjoy. Yeah, just adding on that, um, the Ottawa is actually the 10th um, deepest river in the world, um, which is really cool. Um, but it creates this really unique style of whitewater um, where it's the water can be really big, but it can also just be like more calmer currents. And then another cool characteristic about the Ottawa is that the biggest, scariest rapids tend to end in slow moving or flat water pools. Um, so it makes it really welcoming, whether it's, you know, people want to come and do some scary big water when, you know, we're, we have flooding or like if people want to come and, you know, practice their whitewater role. Um, yeah, people come from all over the place to the Ottawa, um, just to experience it because it has so much to offer, whether you're, you know, trying to throw the biggest tricks on the biggest waves or just trying to get your roll down it's um yeah it's got a lot to offer wow that's amazing yeah i had i had no idea about that so thank you um yeah i didn't i didn't know any of those details but that's really neat and now tuning into a bit of your guys training schedule um do you guys like i know we're talking about the ottawa river right now is that where you guys predominantly train uh, so the the you know we try and ensure that we are giving access and uh, opportunity for athletes from across the country. So there is um, the sport itself is uh, a self funding you know uh, um, sport. Um, so you know government funding for sports is is almost exclusively uh, Olympic sport based. We there was some teasing with this sport being in the Olympics, uh, and it was actually a trial sport in 2012 in in the uh, London Olympics. But for various different reasons, uh, 
that's it's it's not in the current Olympics. That always makes it it's, it benefits that, but always makes it challenging for funding. Um, so we have uh, a national coach. Uh, his name is Caleb Grady. He's actually from the Valley. He's from La Paz. And with that, uh, we run fundraisers, which enables Caleb to run development camps uh, in Alberta, the Yukon, British Columbia, Quebec, and Ontario. And uh, he ran the training for the national team athletes also, which which was uh, largely on the Ottawa River. But we generally try and do tryouts uh, and, and training, um, you know, in, in the West and in the East. And then also uh, because of the different types of competition in Whitewater, as I said, there's freestyle waves, which the Ottawa River is best for. And then there are what's called more like holes, which are kind of retentive depressions that you can get in and do lots of tricks in. And Valley Field in Quebec, which is say about an hour and a half from here is sort of one of the best places uh, for, for that around here. So there is a variety of places that we're going to to train and, um, and, and you know, try and make sure we're giving opportunity to attract athletes from all the different regions. Yeah, no, no, that's great. And, and, and you're saying like, the valley field you said in Quebec, which isn't which isn't too far, no. which is kind of nice. You know, you can go there and get a really good experience or a training session that you need. You know. Yeah, we're we're biased a bit. I I would say, and this is only because so the world competitions they they rotate between being on waves and holes, and that's predominantly because uh, most of the world doesn't have the the fun and luxury of having an an asset like the Ottawa River. So most of our athletes that are here. Uh, don't find, you know, uh, competing in holes nearly as fun. Uh, it is more technical than on waves. Uh, and and so I, I think if had to make a choice between going to Ballotfield or, or spending a day on the Alba River, it's a bit of a no-brainer. But for us to remain competitive, we always have to be training ourselves and and working in the different environments and, and you know, having to, you know, level ourselves with the fact that uh, not everybody has an Ottawa River. They can have as much fun as we do on <laughs> yeah, that's true. And now, how often do you guys train? So the, um, the 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 World Championships, there's a World Cup every year and a World Championship every second year, usually on the same feature. So next year, uh, it's in uh, Platling, Germany uh, in spring in 2024. And the training is, although we have a national coach, you know, a lot of the training is individual, you know, because again, there's, it's a little geographic dispersed and um, hard to get everyone together as a team. But I can say, you know, when you call it training, like someone like Sophie, um, she can speak for herself, but you know, when, when it's kayak time, which is, you know, anywhere from what well, can be all year round for, for someone like Sophie, but um, you know, in training periods could be out every single day for, for many hours, you know, to, to exhaustion, you know, in, in, in a context of, of just a constant repeat, 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 and trying to refine and get better and better, better. So that a lot of that comes up to the individual, individual athlete and how much time they put into it. But it's also one of those sports that uh, hard training day is also just a wonderful fun day out in nature. So it's it's uh, you know it's not like you're stuck in a gym or or really grinding away things. It's it's uh, takes a lot of discipline, but you are at least in wonderful nature in, in uh, doing your training. This is true. Yeah, this is true. The environment is definitely welcoming out the nature. Um, now with the competitions, I know you mentioned uh, Germany in the spring of like next year. Uh, is there any other competitions next year? Yeah, so there we have in Canada every year. Uh, you know, there there is a, a national championship. There's a whitewater championship. Uh, so there's upcoming there's upcoming worlds that's coming. There's um, uh, competitions we have in the Canada Nascar River in Alberta and Valley Field and Minden. Uh, 
Um, and uh, every year there is a national freestyle championship that is, is crowned at the Whitewater Nationals. Um, and that was in, in the past year. And then there's also uh, something that's put on by Wilderness Tours every year, which is which is um, the Canadian Championships. So there's there's lots of different, uh, you know, there's sort of official in the sense of those those competitions are running to qualify for the World Championships. And then there's lots of different, both fun as well as um, you know, sort of different different types of competitions that go on. But that's one thing that we as the Freestyle committee are seeking to do with with uh, some some of the fundraising is uh, you know to create more uh, competition venues. Um, there's also so I forgot to mention in Montreal there's there's the the Old Eve in in August which is always a, a fun competition, uh, and then there's uh, competitions down in the states you know Colorado and Vail and other places that people can travel to, but we don't really um you know sort of set the stage i think when we're training for getting to world championships of of making our athletes as competitive ready as we can by just getting through enough competitive you know competition experiences as we can so we're through our fundraising really trying to enhance our coaching capabilities uh enhance the competitive uh opportunities that we present and training opportunities we present to our athletes and then also we're we're also trying to in, enhance our judging capacity as, as a country because to run sort of ifc sanctioned type competitions then you do need to also have certification you know uh, enough uh, judges that are certified under the icf training program to to be judges so we can run these programs and judge them as if it was you know sort of um, uh, world championship type type uh, quality of, of judging and so all those things we're trying to enhance to just uh, better perform prepare that platform you know make it more engaging for athletes when they get in and get them more competitive ready for for the uh, you know the, the national and, and international competitions yeah yeah and based on everything you just said it it really sounds like you guys are really trying to like put you know your athletes in different positions whether it's you know you mentioned a good handful, if not more competitions, you know, all over to kind of, you know, get them ready. And then looking at like how you mentioned, just uh, from a judging perspective, just to see how people are doing to kind of help them in that sense. So I really feel, you know, it sounds really well rounded what you guys are doing for your athletes. And you know, and just based on the world championships this October, hearing, you know, how many of the athletes won medals, like it's incredible what you guys are doing. Yeah, and I would say we we probably you know for for the amount of resource we have for the sport in our country compared to other countries, we we perform above our uh, our bench strength. I'd say a little bit, but it'd be largely because we have such magnificent assets for athletes athletes to train on, like Delta River. But we really feel strongly that if we were able to to sort of bring our coaching, our uh, competition training program, that sort of thing, to parity or better than, you know, some of the other countries that we're out there competing with, we 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 have a real chance and to continue and and, and really grow as a as a large force uh, internationally on on uh, in our success in the sport. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and honestly, I, I think it's just, you know, you guys are on the right track, just based on, like I said, how you guys are doing right now. And you know, like everything, we're always, we always try to improve, right? Mm -hmm. We always want to be better. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm really happy for you guys. I love, uh, you know, all of the stories that I've been hearing coming out of, you know, the whitewater paddling scene here. It's It's been incredible. Now, Sophie, I'd like to get to you a little bit. I just want to congratulate you on your historic win this past October. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. That must have been such an incredible experience for you. 
yeah yeah it was um it was a uh, it was really cool i actually didn't know about the um i didn't know that i was the first um female canadian junior to medal at the world championships until i think it was right after the um medal ceremony i was watching the junior men's medal ceremony and um uh this kayaker guy came up to me and just told me and i was like he's a he's a reliable guy but um yeah i was like i i had no idea um i mean it yeah i i think there was also um we had a junior man who medaled a while a while back but then got his medal taken away for some reason so but yeah it, it was unexpected but um really cool yeah. oh wow well could you tell me a bit about like uh, the competition i guess and the like how you went through it, how maybe how you prepared for uh, the world? Yeah, so um, I, uh, well, so I, I grew up in the city of Ottawa and then um, a couple of years ago I moved up to the valley. Um, my family moved up to the valley and um, Is it safe to say your family moved up to the valley because you found them a home to move to? So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to live up here, um, you know, since I started kayaking, since I did my first um, river run on the Ottawa. Um, and so then that just kind of opened up a whole new door for me to be able to paddle a whole lot more. And I think, um, so I, I guess I, I started freestyle when I was 14. Um, and I'm 18 now, so it's been four years. And um yeah, I think ever since I started, I've always wanted to, you know, keep improving. And um, but this past year, kind of, it's been Columbus Worlds has been like a, a really big thing for me since I heard that it was announced that uh, Columbus would be holding a world championships on a wave while I was a junior, which is, you know, kind of once in a blue moon, you don't get that opportunity a whole lot. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, on my radar kind of since I heard, but especially this past year. Um, but I didn't really have the time to make it a priority to train. Um, obviously, I did what I could, but I was uh, still in high school and I went to a boarding school. So that was hard. And then, um, yeah, and then this summer I was mainly focused on slalom kayaking, which um, is an Olympic discipline. So I spent two months in Europe training for the slalom world junior world championships in Poland in Krakow. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, um, which was amazing. It was an awesome experience. Um, and but yeah, it, it definitely um, while I was there, it was I was trying to stay focused on slalom, but in my heart, I knew like. The world championships that I was really excited about was going to be the freestyle one in Columbus. So it was a little hard to be away from my um, freestyle kayak for so long. And then I had about a month and a bit, maybe a couple months, month and a half um, after I got back from Europe to um, train for um, freestyle world championships. Um, and I got a couple like waterborne illnesses in Poland so that kind of you know put a delay in my training but but yeah I, I got back from Europe and um, I had a ton of friends over and they're all 
you know, amazing kayakers. So we would go out kayaking every day and they would motivate me to try new tricks and work on the my offside tricks and all that. And um, yeah, it just it really got me excited. I didn't have any expectations going into it. I mean, I I knew I was capable of um, doing well and I just wanted to kind of, you know, show everyone um, how much I love the sport and how much, you know, all the years I put into it have meant to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you've, you know, you definitely showed that this year winning, you know, such a historic win and, you know, based on, you know, all the time that you're investing, like, yes, you went out to Europe and you were focusing more on slalom, but you know, like you said, you're, you really wanted to come back into that freestyle, but you were still working. Like, you know, you were still Mm -hmm. investing time into paddling, which is amazing that you, you know, you got to experience that incredible thing in going out to, um, into Europe. Um, but I'm, I'm curious too, what's kept you motivated and driven, um, to like continue, uh, aiming higher, I guess. And obviously, like you said, worlds, you were really excited for worlds. So what has kept you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, for me, like, because I'm kind of in a bunch of different kayaking scenes like I do some creek boating like I said I do the slalom and the freestyle I think kind of being able to rotate through them helps a lot and I've never really experienced like a super intense burnout like I've had times where maybe I've slowed down a bit but I think um, I've never been insanely competition motivated I think um, having you know the wave worlds in Columbus was incredible because all of my hard work felt like it was it was actually working towards some something that could be you know like something tangible almost um so yeah I I find um you know just getting out there and watching my friends and my mentors kayaking like I just have so much fun kayaking it doesn't really feel like training it doesn't feel like something I need to motivate for and obviously like I can get serious, but I, I prefer not to. Like, I I just really enjoy going outside and, you know, I love throwing a big trick and having all my friends freak out or seeing one of my friends throw a big trick and then freaking out for them. And, yeah, it's just um, <laughs> it's easy to motivate when, when you have um, the right people to paddle with and, um, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons. So I think World Championships was honestly just kind of a bonus. I just got to it was just a like great reason to a do more kayaking and b kayak with people from all over the world that I only get to see at those types of events. So yeah, it was just kind of like a dream come true. Ah, well, well, that's great. And I, and I, you know, I love what you said. Yeah. Just, you know, having fun. And I feel like that's what sports do, right? We're yes, we're working hard or we're training and we're going through it. But when you really love that sport, it feels it doesn't feel like work. So I completely understand that. But I love that, you know, you get to push forward with your passion and you get to experience all these incredible things and win, you know, historic things that you didn't even realize you won. Right. Um, But it's, it's great. I'm, I'm congratulations again. It's, it's amazing. Um, Do you have any goals though, moving forward? Are there any competitions you're looking forward to next year? Um, freestyle wise I'm I'm not 100% sure 
I don't want to like say anything and you know commit to anything yet but um <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure I'd I'd like to you know just stay in my kayak hopefully all year round um and then kind of just see where that takes me um if I end up at the freestyle world cups in Germany then that's great if I don't I'm not gonna be too upset about it but um yeah I've got a lot of cool um slalom competition plans and some creek boat races um so yeah I'm just gonna do a bunch of different kinds of kayaking and have fun with it and you know maybe I'll end up at a another freestyle championship type event maybe not <laughs> leaving everybody with a bit of a tease not sure what where yeah. you're gonna head and just well it's it's nice though but uh I'm excited to see kind of where you go next year uh even you know with slalom um and your journey through that I'm sure you're gonna do great uh but it's it was really nice and just just to wrap up our interview I kind of wanted to you know bring you both in now just to kind of share light on all of the other incredible local athletes. So I know Sophie was one that, you know, did amazing this past October. What I would love um, if you guys could just kind of maybe even just list off some of the people that made incredible waves this, uh, the past world championships. Yeah. So um, being from Canada, we obviously had a really strong team and because the Ottawa river is um, such a good resource to train, Everyone was pretty tight and knew each other. And yeah, it was really cool. But, you know, like Jonathan was saying earlier about unpredictability and competition, like that kind of stuff happens. And we, as you know, Canada totally had some athletes that um, maybe their competition got cut a little short. Um, the first one in my head that was kind of like the biggest heartbreak of the competition for me was... Um, Caleb Grady he's been like a, a longtime mentor of mine and um, someone I'll always look up to um, in terms of big wave kayaking so yeah it was pretty um, pretty hard to see that um, but you know he had some great rides and some great tricks and um, but yeah and then also we had um, a full junior team so each country is allotted um, three spots on the team for like three junior women, three junior men, five senior women, five senior men. And um, so we had a full junior team, meaning three boys, three girls. And um, yeah, everyone, like all of the junior athlete, athletes just crushed down. And it's it's not common that that happens. Usually we'll have like maybe two or three boys and last year was the only junior girl on the team so it was it was really fun to just have like a bunch of kids who are so stoked on the sport and you know will be stoked on it for many years to come yeah and just to fill in some holes so that the other two junior girls were jesse stibby and sasha socks that are both from yeah. uh from the, the the region um we also had uh quite success in the men's uh, seniors uh, nick troutman who is from beachburg he now currently lives down in the states but he uh achieved a silver for canada uh for senior men's in freestyle which was 
pretty fantastic. And and uh, as Sophie mentioned, we all had a high hopes for for Caleb, and uh, he's he's definitely one of our uh, most talented athletes. Uh, that that uh, yeah, just you know have uh, bad luck sometimes, uh, real opportunity uh, for future competition. So. Um, and then also, you know, worth noting from uh, the air on the, on the women's senior team, uh, you mentioned you you had interviewed in the past uh, Joel Kowalski, who was on the men's senior team, but uh, his sister Katie Kowalski was also representing Canada. Um, uh, Cindy Nixon from uh, who's from Beachburg, Maddie Long, uh, my daughter uh, Savannah Westinda. Uh, all from from the area here. Both Sydney and Savannah uh, landed in the top uh, twenty out of out of about sixty women. So still uh, pretty uh, pretty impressive. And then rounding out the seniors, men, we mentioned Caleb and Nick, but there was uh, Joel, who you've spoken with, uh, Sammy Duff, and Luke uh, Pomeroy, who who also all sort of rounded out in the top. Uh, 20 for sure and some of them in the top 10 i forget exactly where that uh, landed and then uh from a squirt boat so squirt boat's a whole other discipline in itself which which uh we won't get to describe because it's kind of complex but it's sort of an underwater <laughs> acrobatic type thing we had matt hamilton uh from the region and and um ian thompson i'm not sure if he's from ontario but uh, so we had quite a strong representation of that team that we're all from uh the region and all you know doing Fairly well. Uh, some heartbreaks for sure. Uh, some that definitely, you know, have the talent to have done a lot better than they did, but just some misfortune and bad luck. And 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 again, uh, many of those I think we can expect to continue to compete in future competitions for us. Oh, wow. Well, still, though, I feel like your team, just based on everything that you just went over and kind of gave me all that information, like it's very strong. Like it, and it's understandable, you know, that you know, some competitions don't go the way we want, right? Um, And that's just the nature of sport. Um, But it's like for me on my personal level, you know, losses, you always learn something too, right? There's things that we can pick up. So um, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking in a way when it happens, but you know that we can always pick back up and it's the resilience of athletes, right? Um, To kind of get through it. But Honestly, I feel like you guys have an amazing and strong, strong team just based on, you know, how incredible you guys did at the World Championships. Uh, Hats off to all of you guys, all your coaches, just the organization in general. You guys are doing amazing. Another cool thing that happened um, at the World Championships was, um, so there was um, Nick Troutman, um, another local guy and then Zachary Zwanenberg who's a I think he's from Cornwall but he's a really talented um whitewater canoeer open canoeer and he he also got a silver medal which put um Mm -hmm. oh wow which put um that's Zachary Zwanenberg by the way um yeah but uh we Canada ended up third in the medal count out of all the countries so we um yeah so they just kind of tabulate different amounts of medals and positions from each country and and we did really well which was um which was cool I I never heard of Canada being in the medal count before with you know usually it's just like a silver medal here a bronze medal there in the open canoe category and whatnot but yeah it was cool to have such a um collective strong performance yes a third place out of all different countries for the world championships that's amazing yeah and there were 20 20 countries being represented so that uh, gives an indication of, of uh, how strongly we were able to perform there 
Yes, you guys did amazing. Wow. Oh, well, this was great. Honestly, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You guys took took the time to kind of tell me all about, you know, what happened at the World Championships and a bit about, you know, the history um, and even just, you know, explaining, you know, the difference in slalom and freestyle and kind of going all over that because it was all really, really interesting and I really enjoyed it. Um, again, thank you both so much. And for those listening, um, where could they find more information if they would like to follow your journeys or um, if you guys could give maybe just like social media or if you have a website, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, my social media is Sophie Gilfillan. Um, it's just S-O-P-H-I-E dot G-I-L file land. But then we also have a, um, uh, a freestyle, uh, a Canadian freestyle Instagram page. And that's, I think it's just, the handle is just Canadian freestyle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so there's that. I don't think we have a website. Yeah, the Instagram channel is, is probably the best uh, representation that, and, and is, is updated constantly as far as just activities of the freestyle, um, the Canadian freestyle kayak. Uh, and, um, you know, for example, has lots of uh, footage from the World Championships and, and then uh, profiles of each of the individual athletes and, and also the variety of other competitions that, uh, uh, the very, that, that different athletes are competing in. Okay, okay. Well, thanks so much, guys. Again, I really appreciate it. I'll, I'll be sure to uh, keep an eye, you know, going into next year. If you guys have anything going on, we'd love to share it. Uh, but again, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us yeah, on. Thank you.